Alrighty, and welcome to Everyone's a Critic. I'm your host, Johnny Gill. My co-host with me, Sean Ellis. Say what's up to the people, Sean. Happy belated Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2019. Uh, we're going to recap. This is episode number 87. We're going to recap the uh, fall 2018 season. Uh, what an eventful night. I know it's been some weeks uh, since we last talked. Uh, it was an eventful night, to say the least. Um, let's start with the first game. Uh, Alliance uh, versus the Bullets. A pretty close game, low-scoring game. Uh, playoff atmosphere, so that's kind of what you expected. Alliance uh, took care of business. They won 67-59. to 59. Now, Dante did have a pretty decent game. He finished with 20-11-6. PPR was actually kind of low, only 20.4. Shot under 50% for the first time this season, but 3-for-5 uh, from the three-point lines. He was lights out from three. But I'll tell you what hurt. Dante went 5 out of 10 from the free throw line. Very uncharacteristic of him. Uh, I didn't expect that uh, from him. Uh, I don't know if he's been playing. I know he's been gone. He's been doing his coaching. He's been doing his thing. Uh, but the missed free throws, it wasn't any yet, you know, uh, any uh, late free throws. So it didn't really right. necessarily cost him. But if Dante shoots what is a, a normal Dante clip, which is around 80%, um, that's three more points on the board, and that can change the game. Right. Uh, playoffs atmosphere. You don't know if people tighten up uh, because of the playoffs. Uh, but in this case, they definitely played a very tight game, very low-scoring game, like you said. So when it's a low-scoring game like that and both teams are kind of fighting for points, uh, those free throws are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those fouls that you get against you, being able to go to the free throw line and settle in and make those free throws, those are huge in games that are pretty much close. Like I said, that – those three free throws, uh, let's say even the five, let's say he makes all five of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's five points, and that cuts it down to a three-point lead on the final score, but you never know what that cuts that lead down to in an actual running game. Possession-wise, yeah. Possession-wise. So you, you're looking at maybe a one-possession game, uh, you make those free throws. And like I say, in a game where both teams are kind of straddling uh, the fence for points and really fighting for every little bucket, yeah, those free throws are huge. And he wasn't the only one. I saw Bryce uh, miss two as well. Like, I think it's a team that didn't shoot very well from the free throw line. Yeah, 56%. Not yeah. Really. So it's just it's, it's hard to win like that in those close games against a very good team, the team who actually ended up being champion, mm-hmm. uh, when you can't make those free throws. So huge, huge, huge uh, missed free throws. Probably missed opportunity for the Bullets. But, again, playoff atmosphere, and I just, I just like it when it's very competitive like that. And when you really look, when you break down the stats, looking at both teams, Alliance, uh, 53% from the field, and the Bullets, 34%. So the question is, how was the game so close with uh, such a disparity in, uh, in field goal percentage? But if you look at Alliance from the three-point line, one for 17, that'll do it. Live by the three, die by the three. They live barely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look at Bullets, not too much better. Eight for thirty-two from the uh, three-point line, so that's kind of where it balanced out at. Uh, yes, the Bullets did not shoot well from the field, but Alliance was horrendous uh, right. from the three-point line. Six percent as a team. Uh, Giovanni was the only one to make one. So a close yeah. game, no harm, no foul. Yeah, I mean that's a twenty-one point difference from the three-point line. Yeah, it's a big difference. <laughs> it's a huge difference. If you tell me that uh, we're gonna have a twenty-one point difference from the three-point line, I'm telling you, I'm gonna win the game every single time, and. I can say, unfortunately, that ain't happened for the uh, Bullets. Uh, with that being said, shout out to the Alliance for really locking in locking up because, I mean, they went 8 for 32 from 3. And since they couldn't make a shot, they won the game in other ways. I see that they, uh, you know, the rebounding was even. Mm-hmm. Assists were even. I'm not sure how the Alliance necessarily, just from, I just remember watching the game, I just remember them locking up on D. Mm-hmm. So, and the difference is, the Bullets shot 34% from the field, Alliance shot 53%. So that's the difference. And you know what? I'm not looking um, at the uh, at the box score anymore. I pulled up the next one. Can you tell me what Jordan Gibson's uh, shooting from Ooh. the field on, on there? I didn't get a chance to look at that. Jordan Gibson uh, had a tough night, to mm. say the least. He went 2 of 14 from the field and 1 of 10 from 3. Mm. Uh, so that's... Let's just say it was a rough night without trying to get on him too bad. Mm, mm, okay. <laughs> I was just curious. Yeah. 214, 110 for three. You probably should have went to the basket a little bit more, young fella. But mm, hey, mm. it is what it is. Okay. Um, now, for the Monstars, uh, obviously we lost. 95 uh, 77. 
Um, but when you look at when you look at the shooting disparity on on our game, really wasn't that bad. Forty three for us, fifty four percent for Lake Houston Live. Uh, no one really shot terribly, with the exception of uh, uh, I'm gonna leave that that name blank right there. Uh, I'm not gonna say their name, but that was also the same player uh, that played in the other game as well. Uh, has as as a negative nine PPR in back to back games ever happened in this league? <laughs> I'm just curious. I don't know if negative nine. Uh, negative, yeah, but negative nine, yeah, that's rough. That that that's 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 rough. Am I reading that right? I would just say it was a rough night. Was, Am I reading? No, listen, no, I'm, I'm being serious. Am I reading that right? So that's accurate. That's accurate. It's pretty accurate. So. That's two for 27 in two games? It's a rough night, man. Just say it was a rough night. <laughs> Just say it was a rough night, man. It's a rough night. Made, made Russ look like Reggie Miller. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, um, I mean, obviously, uh, Lake Houston Live, they did what they wanted. Cedric, Cedric, Cedric Robinson, uh, he did what he wanted. Yeah. Um, CJ. Yeah, he, he, he did his thing. And I was matched up with him most of the night, so he, he definitely got the better of me uh, that night. Lost track of him. Uh, in a lot of uh, transition plays, and he hurt us. Um, but, I mean, overall, I, I didn't feel like this game uh, really, really got out of hand until, like, late in the second quarter. And we just never could get back in it. Yeah. Um, like I said, play, playoff atmosphere. I think early it was all right. You know, it wasn't too bad. Uh, but then, you know, a couple empty possessions. Well, a couple bad shots went up. Long rebound, get out of transition, get a bucket. It's kind of demoralizing sometimes, especially when you necessarily don't have an answer. And in you guys' case that night, you, know, you only had five players, so you didn't have a sub. Mm. No, it, it was just kind of when it started to go downhill, calling the timeout, getting new guys in. You just didn't have it. And I mean, listen, Lake Houston is a talented team, you know. And I think you guys ran to a talented team. I think you guys played them well early. But, you know, keep, being able to keep that up for four quarters, I think you guys have struggled doing that, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially on a, a day when you got shorthanded and just uh, kind of steamrolled from there. That's tough, man. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say it was a a complete terrible season uh, for the Monstars, but it was pretty rough yeah. uh, defensively. Uh, so we're going back to the drawing board. Um, X, I got a guy. Coming for us uh, for next season. Uh, I've played with him. Uh, matter of fact, we played in the championship in Lake Houston uh, the last time uh, he was on my team. He's won uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he's a good guy. Yeah. So, help us on the way defensively. <laughs> and he's a two-way player, too. Yeah. So, that definitely helps. Yeah. It, it's uh, You guys can use all the help you get, man. We're still out here digging. Got a couple free agents. Uh Waiting on calls back from uh, going forward. So, going into next season, uh, I think it'll be very interesting. I'm expecting the Monstars to be just slightly more competitive than what they were this season. Um, again, I've been calling them out. I've been waiting for you guys to show your work and stand up. Stand up. <laughs> but it's not. It hasn't happened yet. But I expect it to happen soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this season. Uh, going forward in the winter, so we'll see, man. I, I, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep putting it out there for you guys, man. I'm gonna, you know, I hope the rest of the league doesn't get mad at me for always trying to give you guys extra players too and try to get you guys where you need to be at. But mm. <laughs> we'll see, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm just hoping that the monsters turn this thing around, man. Are really competitive going forward. Okay, so listen, the championship game. Yeah. Now, this was a good one. Great championship game. One of the better championship games actually I've seen. Absolutely. Now, compared to last uh, season. Really kind of anticlimactic at the end. Um, I think uh, Alliance won pretty yeah, handily. Yeah. Maybe like 9 to 10 points. Nine to 10 points, yeah. Yeah, something like that. This one was the exact opposite. Lake Houston and Alliance uh, part, what is this? Was that part? Four. Four? Yeah. I would definitely lived up to it. Yeah. Um, Eddie Peterson went off. 37 points, uh, seven rebounds. Uh, 11 for 17, uh, 5 for 7 from 3, 10 for 12. He just went off. Just yeah. all around, just great shooting night Yeah. Uh, overall. But uh, Alliance, um, T. Beatty definitely stepped He stepped up. Uh, he showed why he was a league MVP. Uh, he had Mana for finals uh, MVP. 
uh, finishing with a double-double, 23-11. Uh, we haven't really seen a monster rebounding night from him. That hasn't been asked for him to do. Yeah. Uh, because Brian <laughs> and, and Sweat, who wasn't there, uh, you know, used to control the glass. But uh, T. Beatty, when asked, uh, he definitely stepped up uh, having a having a uh, a team high uh, yeah. 31 PPR. Yeah. Uh, with 23-11. And, and once again, efficient as ever. Um 64% from the field. Um, I think as bad as uh, Lake Houston dominate uh, these guys the first two times they play, mm-hmm. uh, big up to the Alliance for answering questions and mm-hmm. answering those challenges from Lake Houston uh, Live. I will say, Lake Houston, they have your number in the playoffs. They beat you guys at the buzzer uh, in the summer uh, on a layup by Sweat and a drop-off by Duke. Uh, at the buzzer, and then this one came down to the wire again. Both games you lost by two, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, it, it's rough, man. They right now, uh, Lions has like Houston's number in the playoffs. Uh, so with that being said, T. Beatty came up huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, be honest with you, it was a team effort because realistically they were down the whole first half. Yeah, and then like Houston. Uh, they made that run early in the third quarter, and they took the lead early in the fourth quarter. Uh, Lions did, and uh, then relinquished the lead. And it came down to one final possession where America shot basically rolled around and touched every part of the rim it could possibly touch, mm-hmm. and then rolled out. Uh, so you can't ask for that anything more than that in a finals uh, game. So it, it just big shout both teams. Doing, doing your thing there and having a great season. Uh, Lake Houston dominated everybody early. But like I said, Alliance, the one team that could compete with them, uh, went out there and did what they do, you know. They're defending champs, playing against the previous champs. And, again, they bumped heads right here in the finals. And uh, Alliance prevailed again. And we had their summer banner hanging up in the rafters right now. Yes. Uh, with a fall league one coming soon. So, uh, that winter banner uh, needs to change names, or I think you know some people want the name to change. So mm-hmm. we'll see, man. We'll definitely see. But what a way to end a terrific season with the best game of the season right there at the end. So great, great way to end it. And big shouts to both teams. Yeah, it was weird on that last possession. Um, I think it was a deflection uh, and a great inbound pass from uh, from Anthony. Yeah. And and found uh found one of the guards wide open. Yeah, yeah, and and that should have went in. Yeah, I mean you couldn't ask for anything better. And like I say, it literally touched every part of the rim. It hung on the rim for like two seconds, and it touched every part of the rim. It bounced out, touched. bounced out, and then went back to the rim again. Yeah, and, and finally came out. So, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more. If you want to for pretty much anticlimactic uh, ending, I mean that was it. You know, you couldn't have wrote a better story. Mm-hmm. It's like watching Hoosiers or something, and then the ball touches every part of the rim in slow motion. Yeah. That's what happened. So, uh, I mean, just, just great job by both teams, obviously. Great job. All right, let's move on to our next segment. All righty, so our top performance uh, to end the season, none other than T-Baby once again. Uh, I think it's the third or fourth week in a row. Yeah. Yeah. That he's wanted. Um, he's on a mission, man. He's definitely been on a mission. Uh, and it, it went for his uh, finals performance. Uh, 23 points again. Uh, 11 rebounds. 2 assists. 3 blocks. 3 blocks. I think all 3 of them might have been on Shelby. I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, and oh, how, how could I forget? I mean, just, just the game alone. He almost put Shelby on a poster. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was definitely his night. Definitely his season, for sure. Um... I mean, there's really no other way to put it. I think after that last loss that they had against, uh, was it Lake Houston? Yeah. Ever since then, he's been, like you said, a man on a mission, and he has not relinquished since then. He has not had a bad game yeah. since then. Uh, think about it, too. I'm sending a shout-out to Shelby because I think he had a terrific season. Mm-hmm. But when T turned it up, uh, Shelby didn't necessarily answer that level of play. Mm-mm. Now, I will say this. Shelby did tell me that he was a little under the weather. Uh, going into that last game, but at the same time, he did open his mouth and say he did. You know, even hey, though they didn't see it. Yeah. Luckily, they didn't. Yeah. 
Idel was about to say, you know, we was about to finish these guys, dust these guys off, go ahead and take our trophy. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you know, he opened his mouth and said what they were going to do, uh, but he didn't necessarily perform at that level that he probably needed to to uh, propel these guys to get a victory. But like he's, like I said, he also said that he was a little under the weather. So I try to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. His numbers look like he was under weather. He, I mean, he doesn't normally take nine shots. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, but, you know, T answered the call. T answered the call, and, you know, and, and he went and said, he went and took his MVP trophy mm-hmm. and he took a championship trophy. So, yeah. he handled his business, man. Like I said, he was a man on a mission down the stretch, and he, he took that MVP award. I don't think he, he was, after week five, he wasn't in first place, I would say. Mm-hmm. I would say he might have been in third. Yeah. And then. You know, the last three weeks, man, he came on real strong. And he was no denying him. So, big shout-out to T-Baddy and great uh, finals of performance from him again. Um, definitely. I mean, Alliance, I mean, it's kind of funny. You know, when you really look look back on all the things that were said at certain points, I, for one, did not believe a word that Howard was saying. <laughs> I thought it was all talk, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to make himself believe it. But now nah, they really got together as a team and really, you know, they pulled it all together. They pulled all the stops, uh, led by T. Beatty. Um, Duke definitely uh, showed uh, some great, great flashes um, at certain points uh, towards the end of the season. And just flexed his muscle. I mean, he showed why he's one of the better players in this league. And they just, they just dominated. Yeah. Uh, and I was impressed. Duke showed me the side of his game that this, I ain't going to say I didn't know he had, but that he hadn't showed previously, so, uh, his level of defense. Defense, uh, yeah. And the playoffs was uh, outstanding. It kind of led to the success they had. They had, for them, they had two fairly low-scoring games. The first game was 67-59, mm-hmm. and the final was 72-70. Mm-hmm. Playoff basketball does that because it tightens up. You don't have as many uh, transition opportunities. Except for and, us, because we don't play defense. Well, yeah, well, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, you guys are different. <laughs> Just different little case there. <sighs> but... Uh, and, you know, he did definitely what he had to do to make sure they got a dub. I mean, he had some great defensive plays and mm. stops. And I'm not talking about him jumping in the passing lane and stealing the ball. No, him locking down his yeah. guy, getting in front of his guy, and his guy can't do anything. Couldn't do nothing. You know, that. so he, he did some things defensively. When you already have Brian out there and you got T out there defensively, they were just very hard to score on when you have three guys who are basically locking in and locking their guy down. You know, and so. let's not sleep on Gino, his shooting performance the last oh, yeah. three games. He yeah. shot close to 90% from the field. Because I think his first game he missed one. Yeah. Second game, I don't know how many he missed that second game. And he then this 80. one, he went 80. Yeah. 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 He, I think he was kind of an unsung hero for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we all know he can play, but you, you maybe didn't expect, know what you were going to get out of him, though. Uh, and like I said, his shooting, he was the one guy that actually shot pretty well. Well, T shot pretty well, too. Yeah. But, you know, he's one guy that, that X Factor that shot well and put them in a position to win because I said they were two low-scoring games. And when, like I said, you're s- scratching for points and look for points however you can get them, you know, that's huge when you got, got one guy who can knock down shots for you. So, huge game for uh, Gino uh, for putting the ball in the hole for him because they need it desperately. Uh, to get over the edge. And like I said, guys were locking in and locked in defensively and focused defensively. They were just a hard team to be. It'd be hard for anybody to beat them that day. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we're going to move on to our last uh, topic. But before we do that, before we get to end the news, uh, this is going to conclude uh, this season, you guys. It's been great. It's been fun. Uh, we're also going to go Facebook Live uh, right after uh, this podcast is over and recap uh, what are, what, is, what is in store uh, for the winter 2009 season, and I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah. All righty, so for our In the News segment, we got, uh, we got some good topics today. We got four good topics. We're going to start with the NFL playoffs. Uh, it's coming up this weekend. Uh, I believe uh, Saturday... We have the Dallas Cowboys uh, versus the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'm not necessarily a Cowboy hater, per se, but I feel like the Cowboys are irrelevant, and every time it comes to the Cowboys, I don't want to hear it. And every time people talk about the Cowboys, uh, I pick against them. So 
Does that qualify me as a hater? Damn, I, I, sure, I sure sound like one. Partially. Okay, well, anyway. I'm picking, I'm picking Seattle um, because the Cowboys' offense, I don't think they'll do enough to win. Right. And I don't think um, – I think that the Cowboys' defense is slightly, slightly overrated. Mm. Ever so slightly because they're good. Yeah. But I think they're slightly overrated. And I don't think they can handle uh, – I don't think they can handle Russ. Yeah. And I don't uh, like Russ. It's all it's come down to their line uh back and forth. Their their linebackers are uh have been pretty amazing for the most part of the year mm-hmm. for Dallas Cowboys. Um and if they put up a a very similar game to what they did against the New Orleans Saints uh back in November, they'll be a tough uh, out. Now, t- to your point, I don't know if their offense will be able to put up enough points though against Seattle. Now this thing, I think it's gonna come down to if they feed uh Zeke. Yeah, I think if Zeke has 120, 130 yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown or two, I think they will win the game because they'll probably also control the clock. Yeah. Uh, so, if Zeke has a big game, then, yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely picking the Cowboys. But my gut, since 1995, I think the Cowboys have made three, four playoff appearances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Won two games. And they they found ways to not only lose, but pretty lose in pretty dramatic fashion <laughs> in games that they're not supposed to lose. So uh, I'm I recall go, I recall them losing to Seattle one time. Yeah. In dramatic fashion. In dramatic fashion. <laughs> uh so with that being said, I it'd be a nice revenge game for them to kind of put take that thirteen year spell from when they last time they lost this place, Seattle lost to them. I just don't see it, though. I, I think I'm going to go with recent history, which is within the past 20 years. And recent history says that the Cowboys find a way to lose this game at home in Jerry World. Um, like I say, now, I think Ezekiel Elliott has a great game. The offensive line is clicking. And like I said, if he puts up about 120, 130, and they control the clock, with that defense they have, uh, I do think they're going to win the game. Mm. But I just, for some reason, See a bad turnover, mm. fumble, ball tipped in the air, return back for six points, mm. something like that. I see happening. I hate to say this, because I'm not a cowboy hater. I don't, I don't necessarily care for the fans, but I don't have a thing against the team at all. I don't. I don't think I do either. I just don't care for them. Yeah, uh, and I think it started. Let, let me start with me. I, I actually. Uh, don't have a problem with the Cowboys. I actually like the Cowboys to to some the the, the team to some mm-hmm. extent. But again, I went to college in Nacogdoches. Mm-hmm. Went to Stephen F. Austin, and I remember I had these guys, this group of guys that used to always be around, they used to tell me about the Cowboys all the time. And they're god awful then when they had Quincy Carter and Chad Hutchinson as their quarterback, and they were winning three games a year. And they were telling me the Cowboys go win Super Bowl every year. Mm-hmm. So it was the fans that used to. Uh, Killed me. So when they used to lose, like with the Tony Rowe situation, feel and, good. You know, it used to be like, see. <laughs> <laughs> so again, um, I don't. But again, I, I actually think they will. They can win the game again if Zeke gets twenty five to thirty carries, gets about one hundred thirty yards. I think Seattle can't beat them. But I just had this gut feeling that some drastic turnover. Or an eighty-yard bomb from Russell Wilson, or him somebody missing a sack and him taking off for forty yards up the mm-hmm. field, something like that. It's going to happen. It's going to end up making them lose. But I do think it's going to be a close game, though. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Interesting. Um, I think it does come down to one score, but I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to side with Seattle. All right, um, Houston Texans and the Colts. You know what? This is this is a funny game to me. Um, meet each other at home this year. A lot of people, a lot of Texans fans are scared of this game. Absolutely. Um, Andrew Luck. A resurgent Andrew Luck. Yes, a resurgent Andrew Luck. He um, obviously got snubbed in the Pro Bowl. Um, but I, for one, believe that Andrew Luck will be, uh, he'll be, he'll be starting in the Pro Bowl this year. Um, well, not necessarily starting, but he'll be playing in the Pro Bowl this year. Because mm-hmm. they're going to go home. <laughs> They're gonna go home because you know players that go deep in the playoffs. They don't play in the Pro Bowl. Oh, Andrew Luck will be there. He'll be there. Um, we're gonna win this game. The yeah. Texans are gonna win this game. I'm gonna tell you why. 
It's funny. Uh, we we split on the season. We lost. We won the first game. We won the first game. Was it by field goal? Field goal at Indiana. Yeah. Second game, we lost by field goal. Uh-huh. In Houston. I believe this game is going to be a blowout. I don't even think it's going to be close. I'm going wow. to be honest with you. Because this is the first time that the Texans have had a legit yeah. quarterback in the playoffs. Now, every time the Texans make the playoffs outside of Brock Osweiler, my God, I don't yeah. want to talk about that because that doesn't even count to me. They have won their first game. Right. And it's always against the Bengals. I don't know why. It's weird. But um, I believe we take care of business and we handle business. And I believe Andrew Luck has a horrible day. Yeah. I believe he's going to turn the ball over at least three times, whether that's by a fumble, which he does. Yeah. Or by a costly interception, which he – if you watched that last game of the yeah. season against uh, Tennessee, he, was, he wasn't that good. Yeah. He was about to turn that ball over a lot. Yeah. Like, it looked like that's the Andrew Luck that I know. The turnover <laughs> mach- machine. Yes, he had a good season this year. He's coming back. But he takes chances. Yeah. And I believe T.Y. Hilton is not going to do what he always does. I, don't, I just don't see it this time. I think we're going to be locked in on him. We stopped T.Y. Hilton. We, we beat them. Yeah. I, I put it like this. Uh, the road isn't easy. And I will say that if the Texans get through this, because the quarterbacks that are in the, uh, in the playoffs in the AFC are pretty darn good. Yeah, all of them. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, I, I, saying that, I, if the Texans get through this, I actually feel pretty good about them going to Fosterborough next week. Um, because... Right now, I would say that the Colts are a hotter team than New England is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the edge may be the fact that the Texans have home field advantage, but the time they lost to the Colts was at home. Mm-hmm. They beat the Colts in Indianapolis, and they lost to them at home. Uh, so, I'm looking at it from defensive line play. The Texans have been the only team that actually has gotten to uh, Andrew Luck. They sacked him six times this year. They're like the only team that's done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's been about the back end. Uh, I think they're strong at the safety with Tyron Matthew. Matthew and, he's been, uh, he been tripping lately, though. Yeah. He has a, just like some uh, breakdowns yeah. uh, communication-wise. Yeah. Uh, the linebacks are going to have to be able to cover. So that's going to be huge. But then it's going to come down to – Is Jonathan Joseph healthy? Because he can't – first of all, he cannot cover T. Hill. He can't. Yeah. Even, even fast Jonathan Joseph from four years ago. Struggle with T.Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Jonathan Joseph that was running up 4 3 4 4 mm-hmm. was struggling with T.Y. Hilton. So, yeah, this version of him, yeah. Uh, Kareem's going to be back. I'm not sure what they're doing with Aaron Colvin. Uh, He's supposed to play a lot. That's what they said. I, I hope so because I don't want to see Sharice right there. Uh, right nope, there. nope, 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 nope. I'm nope, nope. uh, holding anybody. Not, especially not T.Y. Hilton. Especially not T.Y. Hilton. I'm okay with him actually holding. Um, what's it? Well, it starts with a P. I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one that beat him on the corner route, though. Uh, the, the, he had to stutter and go yeah. in the end zone. That's the one that beat him on the corner. I can't remember his name. Patton, Payton, I don't know. Yeah, but, again, I'm going to go ahead and go out on the limb. Like I said, I'm going to go out on the limb. I think Deshaun Watson does make that much of a difference. And he's young, but doesn't seem like he loses big games. He, it seems like he... He rises to the occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I couldn't see uh, the Texans don't turn on the ball, which they haven't much of the year. I think they win the game going away. I'm not going to say a blowout, but I'd say, you know, by 10. Yeah, I'll say double digits for sure. Uh, can we stop Andrew Luck? Not necessarily, but if they're turning, but I do see an Indianapolis turnover or two. I think it's going to be the difference. I think the Texans probably don't turn the ball over. Yep. Indianapolis turns it over once or twice, and that's going to be a difference. And I'm looking at somewhere between a 7 and 10-point win. I just don't need uh, Bill O'Brien to be too conservative because if he does, it's going to hurt us. And like, I think some of the conservative nature, in which I think he's starting to mask now because he actually has Sean Watson running the ball, some of it is due to the fact, though, that the offensive line has a problem blocking. Yeah, and so a lot of times even when Deshaun Watson told him, it's not even really just the offensive line; it's Davenport. Let's just call it what it is. It's him. (laughs) He's terrible. He is pretty terrible. Gosh, and and I think that's why a lot of times you know Deshaun Watson holds on to the ball because he's getting sacked for holding on to the ball. He's holding on the ball because he has no one to throw it to because he only has two receivers going out because everybody else is in on max protect. So, 
uh, I think so it makes it very difficult for him to find people downfield open, you know, because he doesn't have four or five options to throw to. He usually has two, yeah, sometimes three, you know. So uh, we'll see. But again, they also, you saw last week they were opening up the offense a little bit. They're doing a little a lot more read option. But He's why? Why? Why week seventeen? Why week seventeen? Why don't we wait till the playoffs, Bill O'Brien? Yeah. Do you have more? Do you have more? Because if you don't, that was dumb. Yeah, we could have saved that. Yeah, you showed your hand a little bit with that, and you put your quarterback in a situation where you could get hurt. Week seventeen. So, week seventeen. <laughs> well, we got a dumb coach. So, but with that being said, <sighs> that RPO stuff does open up uh, things for them a little bit because it doesn't allow them to just full speed rush you. Um, you know, you have to be wary of the fact that he's going to either pass or run it. Yeah. So we'll see, man. I, I definitely think they have. I'm up there at home, and I do see a – if it's not Andrew Luck, I do see a turnover too that probably wins the Texas game. Yeah. So I'm going to Texas on that one. Okay, Philadelphia and Chicago. Um, I believe Chicago is very, very overrated. Um, Mr. Trubisky is going to lose in this game. Yeah. I believe Nick Foles uh, will be lights out, about over 300 yards passing easily. Uh, I got the Eagles winning big. I got them winning like 35 to 21. I hear you, but that defense of the Bears is really good. Now, I don't trust Mitchell Trubisky. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying they're going to get field position. Yeah. That's how they're going to get all them points. Yeah. It's not going to be them, the Eagles, driving the ball down the field. Yeah. And then Mr. Trubisky going to get some touchdowns late, but I, I, I say they lose. I want to pick the Bears, too. I mean, I want to pick the uh, – the Eagles. Eagles as well, especially the defending champs. Nick Foles tends to win these games in these big situations. What are we going to do with Carson Wentz? What are we going to do with him? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it sounds like gonna, I mean, they can't have them both. It sounds like one of them has to go. If they, if they win the Super Bowl again, I'm sorry. You got to get rid of Wentz. Nick Foles ain't that old. He's like 31. Especially 24-year-old, 25-year-old Carson Wentz. You can't stay Fresh healthy. Quarterback. Can't stay healthy. It's hard to get rid of that guy. Can't stay healthy. They're winning Super Bowls. Yeah. <laughs> with this guy. Like, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't care about potential at this point. You're trying to win rings. You're trying to catch up to, to the rest of the division. But with that being said, I do, I'm a, I'm a, I can't believe I am doing it, but I'm going to pick the Bears. Oh, you're going to pick the Bears? I'm going to pick the Bears. I just mm-hmm. see that defense is really good. I don't trust Mitchell Trubisky. That's enough for me. But I'm going to say the Bears are going to run the ball. They're at home. It's cold. They're going to run the ball, and they're going to play stout defense. You got to remember, Alshon Jeffries going against his old team. He's going to kill them. I, I'm, I'm going to give it to the Bears based off their defense. Their defense is really good. You got to score? Maybe they can create points. I, uh, I don't want to. I'm going to go ahead and go with I don't trust Trubisky, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bears on this one. Mm. Might just put my own foot in my mouth. We'll, we'll see. Okay, and the last one, uh, the Ravens and the Chargers. This is like the hardest game to pick. Yeah. Uh, Phillip Ra- Rivers. Ravens hot. At some point, Phillip Rivers has to break through <laughs> and get his team to a Super Bowl, right? At some point. Yeah, man. He's a, he's a, he's a great player that has great stats. Probably a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. but that's the thing that's on his resume that probably has him out of the Hall of Fame right now. It's glaring. It, it's a glaring. <laughs> and think about he's don't get me wrong he's he's in a he's in an era of really good quarterbacks. He mm-hmm. is. Um, he's a good quarterback. Yeah, he's a really good quarterback. But again, he kind of you know how much better is Ben Roethlisberger than Phil Rivers? He's not much better than uh, Phil Rivers, but he is because people look at him because he has the. Multiple Super Bowl rings. He has two Super Bowl rings and a third. Uh, he had a third opportunity, you know. So, I think, you know, people probably have Phillip Rivers ahead of Ben Roethlisberger if he had the titles. But he doesn't. So, I think, you know, Ben, Big Ben's a no doubt Hall of Famer, whereas Phillip Rivers is straddling the line, you know. I mean, to be realistic, he's had a better uh, career probably than Eli. But, you know, a lot of people will probably pick Eli or Phillip Rivers in a lot of cases because of the resume in the uh, playoffs. So, um, again, a tough game to pick. I think the Chargers are obviously the better team. But the ugly way the Ravens are winning right now, I can see them winning the playoffs like that. <laughs> that with that that. That very ugly. I mean, you when you run your quarterback, 
18 to 20 times a game. <laughs> it's usually not a recipe for winning, but I mean, the dude's really fast and athletic, and you, it's hard to game plan for. I mean, you can't game plan for a guy that, like that. It's just hard to do. So I'm going to go on, especially with them being having a home field advantage, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Ravens over the Chargers, even though I think the Chargers are actually the better team. Um, You know what? Honestly, I don't have a pick in this one. I think you can go either way. Uh, the Ravens are at home, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is weird because they have a – I think the Chargers have a 12-4 record. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't, but they didn't win <laughs> the division. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go with the Chargers uh, just because that offense is yeah, better. They're good. I mean, they're, they're the better team. Yeah, they're a better offense. Uh, and I believe they're going to have some guys back too. Uh, mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon's supposed to be back. So, mm, I don't know about that one. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I said they win narrowly. I, 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 I'll, I'll give the edge to the Chargers, 31-27, something like that. Okay, um, so for our next thing for in the news, uh, Antonio Brown has been in the news lately. Wow. It's been crazy. Um, he's having issues with uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger. There's been reports uh, of him wanting to be traded. Um, and here's a here's a uh, uh, an, uh, an interview with Mike Tomlin. Uh, this was at four o'clock, uh, basically debunking uh, that noise. Obviously, we take his lack of communication, his lack of presence, particularly on Saturday prior to the game, uh, to be something that's very significant and will be handled appropriately. So, um, I'm not going to speculate um, on trades and things of that nature. Uh, we haven't formally received a request in that regard. Um, so I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to speculate in terms of where the discipline might go and things of that nature. Just know um, that it's going to be addressed, and it will be addressed. It needs to be addressed uh, for obvious reasons. Obviously. All right. Listen, Mike. Um, <laughs> you got to get a hold of this team, man. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I get it. You're a players' coach. Uh, you know, I've seen videos with him working out with uh, with James Harrison. Um, which is crazy because James Harrison's a monster. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah, he's a workout machine, uh, literally. Um, you know, so players can relate to him. You know, he's not a rah-rah guy. Uh, he's not an in-your-face guy. He's not a necessarily X's and O's guy unless you're talking defensively. Um, he usually leaves the offense up to the coordinators, kind of gives them thumbs up, thumbs down. You know, as a defensive coordinator – you do have to know some things on offense. Yeah, uh, It can't just be, well, I don't know. You know, you got to know something because you've seen a lot of different looks offensively uh, that you have to scheme for defensively. So, uh, that being said, I believe Mike Tomlin is not the entire blame for the situation that's going, going on. Now, if I'm going to have a pie chart, this is how I'm going to break it down. I'm going to put 40% of the blame on A.B., Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that he's looked at as immature, mm-hmm. uh, rightfully so. If you looked at some of his antics, uh, the Facebook Live, um, you know, his tirades on the sideline, um, just I mean, just in general, what the way he's been acting. Yeah. So I'll give him forty percent uh, of the reason why this team looks like this and this situation has occurred. I'm going to give twenty percent of the blame to Mike Tomlin because mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin has allowed this, you signed off on giving him an extension. Yeah. You signed off on his behavior with the Facebook Live. I know you, you know, y'all said y'all hashed it out. You said it, it's been addressed, you know, it's in-house, blah, 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 blah. But it's still unacceptable at the end of the day. Right. You have to do something. It's a bad look for an uh, organization that's revered as classy. Uh, you know, the New York Giants, uh, the New England Patriots, outside of the cheating. Um you know the guy. They have to. They, he has to do a better job. Just just managing the team. I believe Mike Tom is a damn good coach, and yeah. I believe that you know he's here. He's here to stay. Mm-hmm. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, forget what uh, what's the dude's name? Terry Bradshaw. Forget what he's talking about. Talking about he a cheerleader. I mean, heck, you were a game manager in the seventies. <laughs> like, what do you? What, I mean, you don't really have much to say. He says he relates more to Bill Cowher. Bill Cowher was the exact antithesis of Mike Tomlin. Raw, raw guy. Yeah. You know, his jaw hangs all the way to the floor. He's got a big jaw. Like, he, he couldn't be a boxer. Put it like that. <laughs> Gets on my nerves. But anyway, that's beside the point. 
So Mike Tomlin does have to do a better job of player management. But I'm going to give 40% of the blame to Big Ben Roethlisberger. I can't take it anymore because this guy constantly, constantly – I wish I had the audio uh, for his, uh, his comments earlier today. He said he doesn't know what anyone's talking about. He doesn't understand. There's no issue uh, with him and Antonio Bryant. When Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. Ben, why are you lying? Like for a why are you lying? Do you think we're stupid? Why are you? Why does he always do that? Every time someone confronts him about something that was said, he always plays the oh I don't I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. Oh, I don't know anything. I don't, no, we're we're good. We're good. Like the time where he missed Antonio Brown on the uh, it was a it was a design play for him. Yeah, it was a drag. Stutter and go. And he was wide open. There was nobody there. And he threw it to the flats to Le'Veon last year. And and A.B. was hot. Rightfully so. Listen, I play receiver, so I know what it feels like to be wide open and then don't get the ball and it should be a touchdown. And you know that the guy in front of you can't cover you. He was hot. And he was rightfully so. And I was, I was pissed for him. So... 40% of the blame goes on Big Ben because he's constantly doing this. He's constantly downplaying the narrative. When there's clearly facts and evidence in front of us. He even slipped up and said, oh, uh, me and A.B. are good. Uh, but I, I, you know, I've called him several times, but he hasn't returned my calls. That don't sound like somebody you good with. And we good. Why are you not returning my calls? Yeah. For days. Not 24 hours. You know, I get it. I mean, I, I, I texted my barber the other day. And, you know, on New Year's, he didn't get back to me. So I was nervous. Anybody, anybody who's in to get their haircut, yeah, yeah. when your barber don't yeah. respond. Don't respond, yeah. <laughs> and it's, I mean, not that we were good, but you just never know what's going on on that side of the line. So you're like, oh, my God. But he'll be back today, so we're good. But anyway, <laughs> still, uh, you, y'all know what I'm saying. So, Big Ben, you're full of crap. You, you get 40% of the blame because of your antics. You're always getting a pass for stuff that you do. And A.B. is tired of it. And I feel him. So I'm, I'm Team A.B. Uh, well, I try to straddle the line too much. Let me see what A.B. got. A.B. played 14 games. Mm-hmm. Had 115 well, games. Yeah, he missed with the last one. Yeah. 104 catches, 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if that's a... Scheme thing or was that being forcing the ball? But I'm I'm gonna say this much. I think Ben understands AB's uh, importance to the team mm-hmm. and how valuable he is. Because I don't think if he didn't, that's why you never won. You never heard him come out and to the public and him say anything bad about him. That, that that's why I know we need him because he because he knows that AB is is a big part of what. Kind of keeps him in the leagues. So, yeah, you know, uh, besides his own personal talent, he knows AB is a big part of that. Like it's, it's deteriorating a little bit. You know, but the 104 catches, 1300 yards, 15 touchdowns. He had 15 touchdowns. I didn't realize he had to be. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Sheesh. I had him on my fantasy. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, so I think Ben knows that. Now, what happens outside of that? I put it like this. I think I don't again. I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know what goes on in the locker room. What's being said in the locker room, mm. but I think that maybe Antonio. The problem lays in Antonio Brown may not un, understand Ben Roethlisberger's value to the team, mm. and I think that's where they're bumping heads about. I, and I think obviously he feels like the organization is always going to take Ben's side about everything, mm-hmm. which, I mean, he's been their franchise quarterback for the last 14 years. 14, yeah, 14, mm-hmm. 14 years. Something yeah. like that. So I, I think that's where lies the real problem. I obviously think that Antonio Brown thinks he's a better receiver than Ben Roethlisberger is a quarterback, which, which at facts. this point facts. probably is true. Mm-hmm. But then they, he played, Ben Roethlisberger plays the most valuable position mm-hmm. on the football field. And so – Again, when Ben misses throws or doesn't do this or doesn't do that, I think those antics you see are him acting out because of Ben's making a mistake and nobody's saying anything. Nobody's saying nothing to him. To Ben. And, you know, he probably, Antonio Brown probably makes a mistake or whatever the case may be. His receiver coach saying, well, Antonio, you ain't do this. Or Antonio, you ain't do that. Mm -hmm. Or, 
you know, blase, blase. And like I say, I just think that, look, they, you just have to be a professional and take it. I can honestly say I've never heard a player speak out about being, being a bad teammate. So I think in this case it is a little bit more Antonio Brown being a diva. But at the same time, though, what he's saying is not necessarily mm. wrong, per se, either. I don't think anyone's going to say anything about him now because they know Ben's going to throw him under the bus like he does everyone else. Yeah, has he been throwing people under the bus? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Passive-aggressive? Yeah, he does it. He, he throws people under the bus, especially when it's, he's at fault. Like, when he throws a crucial interception, oh, uh, the offensive coordinator said this, but, you know, I thought he meant this. Uh, it was really his fault. I bet what he say. Oh, oh, such and such ran the wrong route. Instead of just saying, oh, it's on me. I got to be better. Oh, he's going to throw you under the bus. Oh, yeah. See, I haven't been catching throwing people. If he's throwing people under the bus, then he definitely has. Oh, it's documented. Now, but like I said, if it's if it's a situation where, like I said, Antonio Brown thinks he's a better receiver than kind of like something like the T.O. stuff. You know, T.O. just, you know, he's getting on his quarterbacks. And because T.O. thought he's a better receiver than what his quarterbacks were quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I don't have a problem with you feeling that way again. But y'all got to make a fine way to make that work. At the end of the day. I mean, you know, he he got the ball to you 104 times with 50 <laughs> touchdowns. You know, so I, I, I'm i not necessarily mad at A.B. because I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know, completely know the situation. But it doesn't look good on A.B. when literally the coach and the organization basically has to bench you in the biggest game of the season oh. because of your behavior. Like, it's bad. It's bad timing. Yeah, like the, that, the professionalism in that. It looks bad. I think A.B. kind of knew the writing was on the wall, though. Like, we're not – I mean, even if we win this game, because the Browns aren't going to beat the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, if they're not controlling their own destiny, he didn't like – you know, he didn't like their chances. Yeah. So, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, the Houston Rockets. Oh, boy. Yeah. They have been on a tear. They've won their last 10 of the last 11 games. Yeah. They look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're up pretty high in the standings. I, you know what, the Rockets, remember when, I, I remember it was a couple podcasts ago, we talked about this. We said, okay, can the Rockets win like eight or nine in a row before we, you know, we finally be like, okay, the Rockets are back. Well, they've won 10 of the last 11. Yeah. So I'm good with that. Um, they're currently on a five-game winning streak. Yeah, I think they're fourth in the uh, standings now. Fourth in the standings, and they're, they're, they're first in, the, in, their, uh, in their division, which right. is great. Um, so we've got the standings pulled up. Yes, they're fourth. They're two games behind Oklahoma and three and a half out of first place. Denver Nuggets are pretty good this yeah, year. They are. <laughs> they're legit. And I think, and with that being said, the Rockets play Golden State next mm-hmm. and then play Denver on Monday. So they could literally go from four to maybe even one mm-hmm. over the next week. They could. You know, uh, so I, I think they're playing at a high level. Uh, James Harden, the MVP. He said it's coming back. Some, in some kind of weird way, the MVP found a way to play better than the MVP from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's been amazing. And it's been a lot of uh, speculation over the last week about is he the best player or who's the best player in the NBA right now. Mm. Uh, and a lot of people are arguing against it. A lot of people are arguing for it. I think statistically, I mean – he is statistically. Mm. Uh, are you go pick him over certain players in the league still though? No. Only problem I ever have really have. I don't mind you saying that are certain guys better than James Harden. That's cool. I can deal with you saying LeBron's better. I can deal with you saying even Steph Curry is better. Even to some Durant, Kevin Durant can say he's cool. Uh, if you want to give Kawhi that, eh, okay, cool. Uh, but you know when we start talking about, and I love Anthony Davis, uh, and I love Giannis. Two monsters. But if you're going to put them ahead of Harden, make sure you hold them to the same standard, Mm -hmm. which I haven't heard broadcasters and media holding them to the same standards. They're saying that James Harden is not the best player in the league because he's uh, not had good playoff games or he hasn't performed in the playoffs. Has Giannis won a first-round game yet? No. Series? No. Okay. Has Anthony Davis? No. No. Well, he, no, he won one. He won one last year. Yeah. Won one last year against Has he been to the conference finals? No. Okay. Okay. He's not even getting close to having any real success mm. in the playoffs. So, if you're going to hold James Harden to that standard, make sure you hold those guys to that standard. And that's why I say Steph Curry, you want to put him ahead? Cool. Because he's had some success. He's had some failures in the finals, too, though. I'm not going to bring so it down. We can, we can break it down. Like, 
Look at okay, Steph Curry. You blew a three one series lead. Three one series lead. And then everyone was looking at you like Steph, come on man, you the MVP. And you play You let LeBron lock you up. And LeBron can't play no defense. And you let you not only that, you looked absolutely you made some terrible plays oh. in game seven of that series. Behind the, the, the back pass. pass turnover. Oh my god. Kyrie hit the game winner on you. On you. You know, so if you just want if we really just want to kind of break people down, he's had some iffy playoff Hell, you're the two-time MVP and don't have a finals MVP to go with that. Iguodala. Iguodala. So you're not even the best player on your own team. Okay, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Don't get me started on you. Kevin Durant had a 3-1 lead on the Warriors Mm -hmm. and blew it. People Mm -hmm. were talking about James Harden blowing a 3-2 lead last year, but his best player beside him got hurt blowing a 3-2 lead. Kevin Durant had Russell Westbrook on his team and blew a 3-1 lead in the playoffs. Got blown okay. out. And, and yeah, they didn't get close. Not to mention when they played Miami, they went down 4-1 with him being the best player. And now he want to stick his chest out because he with the Warriors. Yeah, now, he, now he good all of a now sudden. Now he's good all of a sudden. So, again, you hold James Harden to that standard, that playoff standard. Hold those guys to that playoff standard. And, granted, let's talk about LeBron. LeBron has had good success in the playoffs individually over the last three years. LeBron got Four. swept in the finals twice. But he's gotten swept in the finals <laughs> twice. Recently. Recently. Well, we went 4-1 one year, got swept once, and oh seven he got swept. Mm. And let's not – I hate to go back to this Dallas series that he had in 2011. Got locked up by J.J. Barea and Jason Terry. Yeah, he had seven point, He had a seven-point game in the finals. Mm. Now you say what you want to say about James Harden. But James Harden still is averaging 27 a game mm. in, in the playoffs. Mm. If you think he's playing bags, not being as efficient, cool. But nobody's holding him to seven points in the finals. No, it's not happening. It's not happening. We did have that 10-point game against San Antonio, though. Stop he did have, have 12, yeah, I think it was a 10 or 11-point game, yeah. yeah. And he had the 12-turnover game, too. Yeah. With 12-turnover game, though, at least he had 20 points. And everybody going to get it. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Kawhi. Kawhi, your thigh hurt for real? Yeah. going to sit out the whole season? Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with you, man. Yeah. And yeah, after you were beating up on the Warriors in that game one, then you went down talking about your ankle was hurting, and you didn't attempt to come back. mm Mm. And then, and then basically, uh, a, a proven franchise. You basically turned them into trash. Yeah, overnight with that. And was cool with it. It was absolutely cool with it. So again, if you're gonna hold James Harden to those playoff standards or certain standards, just hold the rest of the guys to those same standards. That's, that's all, all I'm saying. That's all we ask, man. You know, just let's let's be fair. You know, just just hold him to those. If you're gonna hold him to those standards, hold everybody to those same standards. Especially, like I say, Anthony Davis and Giannis and some of those other guys. Okay. Now, for our last segment, <laughs> LeBron James, uh, he said some very, very interesting comments. I, I, I found it comical myself. Uh, most of y'all have heard of it. Let's, let's just take a listen. Let's listen to it again. We'll find it, you know. We're, we're live, so, you know, you have technical difficulties. That one right there made me the greatest player of all time. For so many reasons. I was super, super ecstatic to win one for Cleveland because of the 52-year drought. Like, I was ecstatic. Like, obviously, I showed that the, the first wave of emotion was when y'all, everyone saw me crying. Like, that was all for 52 years. Everything in sports have gone on in Cleveland. And then after I stopped, I was like, that one right there made you the greatest player of all time. You know, everybody was just talking how they were the greatest team of all time. Like, it was the greatest team to ever assemble. And for us to come back, you know, the way we came back in that fashion, I was like, you did, you did something special. That's like one of the only times in my career I felt like, oh, shit, like you did something special. I haven't had, really had time to really like sit back and think, but that, that was a moment. <laughs> Sorry for the language, fellas. Yeah, excuse, excuse the language. Um, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. All right, so listen, y'all. Before I, before I go in on this guy, I just want to attack a few points. I want to push back on a few points that I noticed. Um, how come on these shows that LeBron does, nobody ever says anything? Like when he starts talking and, oh, you know, I feel this, I feel this, I feel that, I feel that. Nobody ever challenges him. Mm-hmm. Is that by design or is it that... it? it you know, his friends are too scared to say anything. or I don't know what it is, but listen. My mindset has always been, if my friends are going to challenge my opinions, they're not my real friends. Mm-hmm. 
They just going along for the ride. Uh, LeBron James is a uh, empire. He's a he's an entity. He's uh he's Nino Brown. Yeah, he, he he's <laughs> he he's bigger than life in a lot of cases. <laughs> and I think with people like that, um, same thing can be said with uh, uh Jay Z and Beyonce. Anything like that? Do you really see Jay Z and Beyonce do interviews? No, you really don't. Mm-hmm. If they do interviews, it's always in a controlled environment. They're not going to do an interview with uh, Wendy Williams when she's going to ask them something outlandish, right. and they ha- and they in there stuck trying to figure out what to say mm-hmm. as she just asked something that was absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Kind of same thing kind of happens with LeBron. He's not going to do a, a random interview with unless he controls the narrative. And controls oh, he has to control the narrative, the environment, and. I mean, that's what happens on these shows where he pretty much says what he wants, mm-hmm. has his opinion, and doesn't have a real rebuttal, you know. Uh, and I think in this case, uh, I was listening to Isaiah Thomas and Kevin McHale and different people talk about this. And I kind of try to, before I kind of constructed my opinion about it, I just wanted to make sure I was coming from the right place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say, every great athlete, even myself when I was competing, uh, and granted, I'm nowhere near on that level mm. of competition where every time I stepped on the floor, I was, I just had the advantage because of my physical size, strength, or whatever the case may be. Mm. Uh, but I was a decent ball player at one point in my life, and I didn't step on the floor, and I just flat out felt like I was better than other guys on the floor. I completely get that. Legacy-wise, uh, saying that you're the greatest of all time, when people say greatest of all time, usually that's something that uh, a crown somebody gives you. Mm-hmm. Like, you call him Michael Jackson the king of pop. Yeah. You know, Michael Jackson doesn't necessarily walk out and say I'm the king of pop. Yeah. People called him that. It's not self-proclaimed. Yeah. You know, it, it, so so with him, in his case, uh, in a team sport where there are other variables that help make you great in a lot of cases, it is a little hard hearing uh, someone call themselves uh, the greatest of all time. Uh I'm not going to say he was completely disrespectful by doing that, but um, I think he set himself up to kind of people kind of nitpick at him now mm-hmm. to find every little thing that he does wrong and be like, Jordan wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Magic wouldn't have done that. You know, Bird wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Will Chamberlain, uh, Bill Russell, whoever you want to say is the greatest player of all time. And it's hard because it's, the era is so many different. I just think that when you dominate your era, um, I think you're special, period. Mm-hmm. And looking at him, when I look at the guys I think about each era who dominate their era, I can't say that he dominated his era more than Michael Jordan dominated his era. Just like I can't say that he, I don't think he dominated his era the way he will He dominated the conference. He dominated the conference, but I don't think he dominated the era. No. He, he was... Hands down. And, and what I mean by dominate era, yeah, I think he statistically statistically looks good a lot of times. But, again, he getting the finals and we've seen him shrink a little bit. We've seen him lose. Not a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, like I say, even in Will Chambers' case, I mean, Will Chambers averaging 50 one year. Again, you may talk about his era and who he was playing against, but at the end of the day, he's still doing it. Yeah. He's still dominating people regardless yeah. of who you think he's playing against. He's dominating people. He, you're, you, he's creating an argument because he's so dominant yeah. at the end of the day. Same thing with Bill Russell. Uh, same thing with Jordan. You know, Like I said, they dominate to the point where you have no choice but to have, have these conversations about them to where you have to nitpick and be like, well, he ain't play nobody. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, I mean, okay, it's a lot of play for people who probably physically – Came after him with that size, but did they dominate like that? No. No. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't think he quite dominated his era quite like those by two or three people like they did for me to uh, say that he's the greatest of all time. But he's he's darn good. He's extremely good. And I hate talking about him in that way like he's not a great player. But I don't. <laughs> and I'm let you have your 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 time. Just, just let me finish my. No, I know you always jumping at the bit. Yeah. But yeah, he. I, I definitely think he's an all time great. He's probably in the top five. Uh, but it, it's it's a couple guys that I think were not that he wasn't as dominant as. Because I think that's how good he is. That when I start talking about him, instead of nitpicking what he can and can't do. Uh, like a nitpicking what Jordan can and can't do great. I, because of the era, I mean, it looks different. 
So I'm just I look at their level of dominance, and I think that he didn't quite dominate. Like, just just be honest. This be real. We were talking about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan had the dominant team of his era. LeBron has like he probably could have had the dominant team of his era when you look at Miami or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't. He's actually had some great teams. Been getting dominated in ways. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that Mike has was ever being dominated. He was beaten, but then he got over that hump. You know, and he got over that Detroit Piston, Boston Celtic, mm-hmm. LA Laker hump. And he started beating those guys. Mm-hmm. Whereas LeBron did beat the Warriors once. I can give him that. But then went on to I put it like this, if LeBron retires after two thousand sixteen, he'll have a lot better argument for being greatest of all time. Then he's actually accomplished more since then. But I think he'll have a lot better argument because he kinda took down he slayed the dragon. Yeah. And he did it in a way that we haven't seen many people do it. Um but him coming back two years after that and just getting dominated pretty much in the finals. Back to back. back. Back to back. Uh, it, it just kind of is hard to make kind of say that. But go ahead and let them let you have it, man. <sighs> okay, where do I begin? <laughs> First of all, let me start with um, why I think he said this. Yeah. There's not enough people, first of all, that's going to actually agree with this statement. I believe there are three guys. Mm-hmm. Um. Colin Coward. Yeah, yeah, our guy. Nick Wright. Yeah, that was teasing. You, you picked the worst. And Shannon Sharp. Those are about your only three guys that are pushing this narrative. There's literally nobody else that's putting LeBron at the top. Okay, I will give you, I'll give you, okay, is he the best player in the league? That's a, that's a conversation. Mm. But greatest ever? No. Yeah. No, that's not a conversation. That's never going to be a conversation. And just because you say it on your show does not mean that you're the greatest of all. You can say what you want to say. Heck, I heard Stephon Marbury on Instagram saying that Zion Williamson is going to be the greatest player ever. Yeah. He can say whatever he want to say. That's his Instagram page. That's your show. So you can say that you're the greatest ever because y'all came back from a 3-1 deficit against a team that's a little, to be real, overrated. (laughs) That team was a little overrated. Yeah. If you look at how they lost... You got a bunch of shooters, and, and Draymond Green, a non-shooter. Yeah, well, that team not dominant. That team was not dominant. Well, 73-9 is dominant. Yeah. But what people kind of, what we saw there, though, was, and, and you know, we, we're not looking at it like this, that team was on, on, on it was at the end of its rope. Mm-hmm. Every, every championship team has the end of their rope. And 73-9 was their peak, but those playoffs, they were kind of dipping and dipping and yeah. dipping. And... At the end of the day, that team, if they don't pick up Kevin Durant, doesn't win another championship. Just no, no, they're not. They that, would, that would have been the end of them. That, that would have been the end of them, honestly. Yeah, they knew it, too. We, we're, we're, we're not. We don't want to say that, but let's just That's keep the truth. If, if, we're, if we're being real about it, they, they were at the end of their rope right there. I think Cleveland would have beat them again. Yeah. You know, and be honest with you, if, if, we're, if we're being fair, LeBron, I feel a little cheated out of the championship because – Kevin Love and Kyrie get hurt the year before. Yep, they would have won. And they may have beat them in. They would have won. $100 won the finals MVP. I used to not want to believe that. Mm-hmm. But when they lost and they were up 3-1, yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. So, you can't lose no series. Kyrie, first of all, Kyrie is a bad boy. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. That's what, that's what we're sleeping on. The comment that, let me tell you something. The comment that really, really upset me wasn't the fact that he said he's the greatest of all time. The comment that really upset me was when he said, I did something special. Yeah, he did. Wow. He did use the I word right there. Wow, really? He did use the I word right so there. So, J.R. Smith, game seven, he went off. Yeah. That had nothing to do with y'all winning the championship. Kyrie Irving going off that whole series, averaging 29, yeah. that had nothing to do with yeah, y'all's he had success. 40 point games. In back to back, yeah. 40 point games. That had nothing to do with y'all's success. Come on, LeBron. Let's be real, man. Yeah. Like, see, and that's why Kyrie left. Yeah. yeah. I did something special. I know when Kyrie heard that, he like, see, that's why I don't fool with you like that. That's why Kyrie threatened to have season-ending surgery than to come back and play with you. Nobody wants to play with you, bro. Nobody wants to play with you because that right there. Because that statement right there is the reason why no one wants to come play with you. Kawhi Leonard yeah. is going to be playing with Kevin Durant next season. I believe that. And if he doesn't, that's good for the NBA because it keeps the balance a little better. I like that. 
but nobody is coming to play with LeBron. No, no, no dogs are. Yeah, yeah, no great players. No great players. Now, Anthony Davis looks good on paper. Stats, great stats. He's not a great player. Mm. I'm sorry, he's just not. And if he joins LeBron, I'm still not threatened by the Lakers because Anthony Davis is going to get good numbers. LeBron's going to get his numbers, but y'all not going to win. When it's a close game, y'all going to lose the game. Who's going to close? LeBron is not a closer unless the game is tied. If the game is tied, then yes, you can go LeBron because if you miss a shot, you go to overtime. Big whoop. Yeah. If the game is, if they are down, I don't care if it's one point. They were down by one point. He had step on them, and he passed the ball to George Hill. Yeah. Yeah. He don't want it. He does not want the ball if they're up, if they're down one. Only if it's tied because there's no consequence. And he wants that ball bad when it's tied so he can look like the hero. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. LeBron, he will never be the GOAT. Yeah. He will never be the GOAT. You've lost six times. In a, six is too many. Yeah. That's way too many losses. Heck, I would say you're not the GOAT if you lost three times. But you lost six. Yeah, if he could stay healthy, I think he's going to stick around long enough to try to challenge Kareem for the all-time score. He'll probably get it. And uh, to, to try to better uh, his, his case. Yeah. His case. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he want to play until his son get in the league. Yeah, you know, again, and like I said, the better his case. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to have to. And don't get me wrong. If he gets about two or three in L.A., in, in Lakertown, I mean. With, two or three what? If he gets two or three rings. It's not I, happening. Uh, which I don't think he will. It's not happening. If he does that, uh, he's going to make a really, really, really good case. So I don't see. I don't see it. And I don't see it either. But I don't see. Listen, I don't see him getting out the West. Period. He's gonna retire with no more rings because you're not getting out that gauntlet. Yeah, it's too. It's too tough. I don't think. First of all, this year they're definitely not gonna win nothing this year. I don't think the. I don't think the Lakers can beat Denver. I definitely don't think they can beat Golden State. That was an anomaly on Christmas. Please, I want y'all Laker fans to drink that Kool Aid. Excuse me, fake Laker fans and LeBron fans. Yeah. go ahead, drink that Kool Aid if you want to. I don't think they're better than um, they're not better than Houston. Yeah, I, I want the Lakers so bad in the first round. We're gonna make quick work out of them. Yeah, it'll yeah. be easy work. Yeah. So, moral story here. Well, I gonna say moral, but <laughs> I, I would say LeBron's not the goat. LeBron's not gonna go. He's probably never gonna be. Probably not. Uh, I don't mind him being a competitor and, and feeling like he can beat anybody. Um, but it's going to be hard to, to uh, surpass that ghost in Chicago. Just is what it is. Yeah, it's going to be tough to pass that one up. You're not on that level, LeBron. Sorry. Um, anyway, guys, it's been fun. Uh, we're about to go live on Facebook uh, to recap our upcoming season. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, a fantastic, fantastic fall 2008 season. Uh, we're looking forward to winter uh, 2019. Will Alliance three-peat? We we shall see. Uh, I am Johnny Gill with my co-host, Sean. We're out.